So far in our podcast series, we've discussed a lot about the cerebral arterial supply, but we've neglected the venous drainage of the brain. And actually, it's just as interesting, if not even more interesting, than its arterial counterparts. What is unique, it's not simply a story of veins, but instead has to introduce a term called the dural venous sinuses. Now, ultimately, all your blood will enter into the internal jugular vein, which drains all cerebral blood flow. But before entering into this venous system, it enters the dural venous sinuses. And for us to understand this term, we need to do a little bit of groundwork. So let's do that. Let's talk about the venous drainage of the brain, which has some contemporary clinical relevance that we'll try and squeeze on at the end. Okay, let's start off with the groundwork first of all then. I'm going to press the timer to begin. So most cavities in the body have membranous linings of connective tissue that protect the organs and essentially keep everything in place. In the thorax, this is called the pleura that covers the lungs. In the abdomen, it's called the peritoneum. And in the skull, we see the meninges. Now, these are three membranes of connective tissue that surround and protect the brain. And the outermost or superficial layer is called the dura mater. Now, this translates into durable mother, named for its tough tensile strength. And this layer is often shortened to simply refer to it as the dura. You can see where we're going with this, right? Now, the dura forms unique shapes or partitions in the brain, which are worth mentioning here. Between the two cerebral hemispheres, we see the dura form in the falx cerebri, which separates the two halves of the brain, or cerebrum. Separating the cerebrum from the little brain, or cerebellum, we see the tent-like covering called the tentorium cerebelli. It is within these membranes or dura that our dural sinuses form. So, the next obvious question is, what are the dural sinuses? Firstly, what are they not? They are not your paranasal sinuses, which are the spaces within your skull that become inflamed, causing sinusitis. They are, in fact, spaces formed between two sublayers of dura. Your dura itself has two layers then, a periosteal layer closest to the inner skull and the meningeal layer closest to the other meninges. At certain points, these two layers separate to form a space or a sinus, which is lined with endothelium, like we see in the blood vessels. But Blood vessels, these are not. They lack valves, they have two failed layers. Let's agree they're not veins. Instead then, let's consider them as reservoirs in which your small cerebral veins from the brain drain into before they ultimately re-enter the venous system via the internal jugular vein. Okay, let's start naming some of these sinuses then. Now, they're all given pretty sensible names and they're described after their shape or at least the plane in which they sit in. Within our falx cerebri, or dura separate in those two hemispheres we described, we see two sagittal sinuses, a superior and an inferior sagittal sinus, named because they sit in the sagittal plane that separates the two hemispheres. Now, where the falx cerebri and the tentorium cerebelli join together, we find the straight sinus, called because it's straight. Anteriorly, this connects with the inferior sagittal sinus and the great cerebral vein. And at its posterior part, at the confluence of sinuses, we see it join with the superior sagittal sinus. From the confluence, all cerebral blood passes into the transverse sinuses bilaterally. And these curve around to form the S-shaped sigmoid sinus, which drains into the internal jugular vein. 
This vein then drains all cerebral blood flow down the neck and back into the major vessels finally entering the heart. Now there are some smaller dural sinuses that are worth mentioning because there is significant clinical relevance. Draining the ophthalmic veins is the cave-shaped cavernous sinus, and this is found much more anterior, found lateral in fact, either side of the cella turcica. This has a complex trabeculated structure and importantly contains some key structures. Bilaterally, the internal carotid artery passes through the sinus, the ocular sympathetic nerves, the ocular motor related cranial nerves, and the first and second branches of your trigeminal nerve all pass through this dural space. Now, the cavernous sinus drains into the superior and inferior petrosal sinuses, and then these ultimately pass into the internal jugular veins again. Now, the dural venous sinuses are notoriously difficult to visualise, so it's worth grabbing an image of the sinuses and listening to that description once again. Okay, let's finish off by talking about some clinical relevance. Why do we mention the dural venous sinuses? One of the pathology that's become particularly important in recent years is dural venous sinus thrombosis, or a clot formation in the venous system that you've just seen. How does that occur? Well, First of all, consider emissary veins. These are veins that drain from the superficial face into the dural venous sinus system, and by doing so are a route for possible infection passing from superficial to deep. So things such as a nasal infection or an autogenic infection, such as a otitis media or middle ear infection, can actually track into the dural venous sinus system. And what happens when this occurs is possible clot formation. This blocks the venous drainage and ultimately can cause cerebral infarction, edema, and even death. The symptoms to expect from this then, well, firstly to say it is rare, but symptoms such as severe headaches, nausea, vomiting, and that's my timer, and possible neurological defects caused by compression on the structures that we see passing through the sinuses, and I'm particularly thinking of the cavernous sinus here, can give you significant pathology. Why this is important? Well, as well as superficial facial infections, in more recent years, there has been some links with COVID-19 infections and possible dural venous sinus thrombosis. But the literature and the exact link between these two is far from complete. But despite this, you should now have a better understanding of the underlying anatomy. My name is Chris Summers. That's all we've got time for today. And I will speak to you next time on Dissectable Me.